I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome along, everybody, to Meeting of the Elders on the Cold Pop Podcast. This is our monthly show where we go back and look at what other people thought of our thoughts, Richard. I'm AJ, and today we are going to be going through the last... It's been a while since the meeting of the Elders. It had to get delayed a couple of times. So we've got a couple of episodes to... You got COVID. That's true. Um, We've got a couple of episodes to debrief. Um, And if you want to get involved, if you're listening or watching to this... Uh, you can get involved by joining our $15 tier over at patreon.com slash and become a cult elder yourself. You will be invited into a little Discord channel, and in that Discord channel, you will then, on a monthly basis, be invited to either send in some voice messages or write out your thoughts on the previous conversations that have made up the last month's worth of episodes. Richard, what are the episodes we're talking about? Today in we are question. talking... Yeah, that is a great question. Today we are talking about Leprechaun, mm. Richard's Spooky Sounds Quiz, mm. The Butterfly Effect, and of course, Who the Scariest, a Doctor <laughs> Who villain ranking. Nice, what did you you, nice, you nice. weren't involved in that episode and we haven't really no, talked COVID. about Yes, we know. God, stop <laughs> shoving it down our throats. I feel I, it feels like you're the government shoving yeah. the vaccine down my throat. <laughs> but it was interesting like how, well how was it for you? what was your covid experience like what was it like for you being on the other side of covid mm, i'd never had it before it was the well, first, I w- official, yeah, first official yeah i, I was so I've sure you'd had, had it because there was no, one time no. where i had to well last time i had to do a podcast by myself was because you were sick but i actually had covid while i recorded that episode and i had the super flu that you made fun of me for do you remember that now uh i remember making fun of you but i don't remember i don't <laughs> well, remember paying attention this, to you <laughs> the super flu i had was a lot worse than covid that was like being on drugs whereas this was like the first day i just got really woozy and then it was mostly just like coughing and spluttering for a few days i guess the the main difference i say i experienced f- like the difference between covid and just a regular cold i would say it take feels feels like it takes like maybe a day longer for me to recover than I usually do, and also like a week and a half later, I'm I'm still clearing my throat quite a lot. Like I've I've been very fatigued in the mornings. Like I'll wake up feeling very tired, um, more so than usual, and my appetite took a, a week or so to come back. Uh, but that's oh, yeah. that's the main. What about thing. your that's sexual appetite? couldn't have been rowdier dude i was sucking and or fucking while i had covid nice and, uh, but yeah what so do you think, do you, what do you what do you think is gonna happen bro this is a podcast topic and i've tried to use it as preamble hmm. what do you think's gonna happen with kang in the yeah. mcu what it's, i i was going to, i was leading towards asking what you thought of the podcast we did without you but Oh, no, that's a better question. Let's yeah. do this as a whole topic next next off week. What are we going to do about King? <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. Solving um, the Marvel problem. One yeah. Kang at a time. Yeah. Um, so No, the episode was good. I'm not a Doctor Who person, so I would have been pretty useless on that episode. Well, I we deliberately chose to- it for one that you weren't on. Yeah, yeah. I guess I would have been like... Um, I, I can would be have been in a better position. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can be a cult elder for that episode. Yeah, yeah. Send in your it. thoughts. Mm, well, it's too well, late. Well, uh, here's it's nine bad. minutes of uh, <laughs> my thoughts. Um, no, I, 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 yeah, it was great. You guys were hilarious. You guys were funny. Just um, getting a lot of positive feedback. I've seen as well. Yeah, that's good. She should. She should 
fuck it, replace me. I don't know. Yeah. What are you- she she apologised to me when she listened back to the episode. She apologised to me because I made a very funny joke and she was so in her zone that didn't even register that I'd made a joke. And so yeah. if you're thinking at the time, that's weird that she didn't laugh at your hilarious joke, Richard. She has what since laughed at it. It was when she uh, we were talking about the the hollow the empty child monster Mm. and how they have the gas mask and i said that like yeah children not acting like children is like a uncanny valley thing it's scary and i said unless you know it's like young sheldon and then it's hilarious and she just completely breezed past it (laughs) didn't even react to it and then was listening to it in the shower and came out and was like your young sheldon joke was very funny (laughs) (laughs) so i just want everyone to know it's on the record that was a funny joke, even though it may not have seemed like it at the time because there was no canned laughter telling you when to laugh. Yeah, that's the problem with... with Do you remember the Malcolm in the Middle ads? podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember the Malcolm in the Middle ads where it was like, don't worry, you'll know when to laugh. And it was no. like, it was it was, it was no. an ad for Malcolm in the Middle showing that it doesn't have canned laughter. And I remember wow. they played an ad for it that was like, it would be like Malcolm's doing this, and and you know, but and it said and Reese like it had almost like Guy Ritchie style, you know, introducing the characters with their name on screen, and it spelt Reese R H Y S, which I'd never seen that spelling before at the time, and I was like, what the fuck is that word? Like, who the hell was spelling? And, and like, since that's like how I now know that's like how Reese Darby spells it, and that's a valid spelling of the name but then they after like a couple of days when they re-ran the ad again it was r-e-e-s-e which is how i understood it to be and so i was always just like for years i was like what the fuck was that weird like typo they made in that malk in the middle ad and then reese darby came to prominence and i was like Mm. huh you can spell it like that so that solved a years old mystery for me and like you could have asked someone but why who cares it's not important enough of a thing so it was something that you you quietly struggled with until it was for for 20 years now yeah yeah but the like it's funny because I'm sure, like, if you knew someone named Reese who spelled it like that and you got the brief, oh, make an ad, you know, you got Reese, mm. you got Malcolm, just, you know, put put title cards up. Dewey. You wouldn't even question spelling no. it like that. No, and and I think this episode of Meeting of the Elders should be called, he's named what? <laughs> it's spelled how? <laughs> <laughs> yeah what are have you got any other like decades old mysteries that you want cleared up no, but- I, I'm, I'm getting to a weird stage in my life to ask you the question and then interrupt with a tangent but the mm. that like i'm now experiencing things where like i haven't done it in 20 years or i haven't thought about this in 20 years or oh god it must have been 20 years since i did that mm, same and it's it's weird right like i i had a I don't know I if these are like an in- from when I was ten. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not yeah. sure if these are like an international thing, but like you know, like a lasagna topper. Yeah, it's like a, it's like essentially like a little deep fried square of lasagna. They're quite nice, but they have like other flavors of those. And someone, I, I was talking to someone. Um, Where is and, this going? <laughs> and they'd, and they'd never the had a lasagna topper, and. Yeah. I, like growing up i didn't have that because i was oh lasagna gross for some reason i don't know why and i didn't have them so i would opt for the uh like cheese and bacon topper yeah. and this person who I, I was with like she'd never had a lasagna topper i was like we have to get you one and then i was answering some emails or something like that so i stayed in the car and she went into the the petrol station to get us both lasagna toppers and they didn't have them uh, they they only had one, so she had it, and then she got me a cheese and bacon one. Was just like, oh, I hope you're okay with this. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I used to quite like this. And then I bit into it, and I had like actually like a um, critic from Ratatouille moment where I like flashed yeah. back, and I was like, oh my god! Like if you'd asked me, I would have said, yeah, I've probably had a cheese and bacon one before. But as soon as I bit into it, I was like, I can remember the last time I had this, and it was when I was at Heaton Intermediate, and I was like. As I was chewing, I was like, I literally haven't had one of these in 20 years. Yeah, man. That's awesome. I get that whenever I have a sandwich on white bread with luncheon meat and processed cheese. Yeah, it's you the, love that. 
it's the meal that my grandparents would make for me. And mm. so, or if it's on a, a white bread roll, oh, so mm. good. Takes the, me away. <laughs> this sounds like a, this sounds like a, my dad works at Nintendo kind of story, but it's true. Is my that, dad does work at Nintendo. <laughs> my, uh, my sister had a friend whose dad, like I say now, like, you know, I would have said then he like, he worked for Coke, but he for Coca-Cola. It's like he, he might've worked for some distributor in New Zealand or something like that. But anyway, we were able to get a bottle of vanilla Coke, like a week or two before it came out. And I remember it was like, my mum was at work. So I think it was like a Monday night and my sister bought this bottle home and me, my dad and my sister all had like a third of a bottle or a can of vanilla Coke before anyone else in the country and every time i have vanilla coke i'm i still flash back to that moment like it's still such a strong memory i can remember like the dim lighting of the room we were in and just like like i don't have vanilla coke like all that much but it is because i've sort of maintained it like that having maybe once every six months or so i'm still able to like flash back to that moment when i would have been like when did when was vanilla coke invented I reckon 2004. I would say like 2002 or 2000 even. Yeah, maybe. Uh, Coca-Cola. No, it wasn't. It'll have been, it'll have been post-2001 because I'd moved to Christchurch when yeah. it came out. So it'll be 2002, 2003. Do you remember Fanta? Do you remember Fanta Spiders? They were like chocolates, oh, yeah, yeah. orange sodas. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, ice cream floats are what we call spider. We call ice cream yeah, floats yeah, spiders yeah. in New Zealand. But the, um, I, although speaking of like getting older and vanilla Coke merging my two tangents into one, I, on one of my last days at work uh, the other week, I went across the road and I would quite often get like, because we had a vending machine at work, but they they just raised the prices. And if you went across the road to the uh, Supret dairy convenience store, whatever you want to call it. He had like them in cans. The guy was really nice and they're more or less the same price, if not slightly cheaper. But he also sold vanilla Coke Zero in a can, which they didn't have. And I got it because I was like, oh, yeah, I haven't had vanilla Coke in a wee while. And went back to my desk, started drinking. I got like halfway through and I was like, this is too sweet. I can't drink this. And I had to tip the rest out because I was literally like, my, yeah. my my palate is becoming so refined that I yeah. can't even enjoy my sweet, sweet vanilla Coke anymore. I am currently drinking a Lyft, which I'm not sure if that's like a... I have to imagine it's not like a universal drink, I think right? it's just New Zealand, yeah. Yeah. I, uh, listen, I my vanilla Coke story is that some point after 2002, they briefly discontinued it, at least in 2007. New Zealand. Yeah, and then it came back, and in a frantic, uh, in my frantic excitement, I bought like a whole two point five liter bottle of vanilla Coke, and spent my the weekend drinking it by myself. Uh, <laughs> and since then, I have not been able to drink vanilla Coke. <laughs> Damn, yeah, Lyft is only available in Australia, New Zealand, Latin America, Germany, Austria, Philippines, and Eastern Europe, and it's it's for us because it's like we don't have like what americans would call lemonade which is like not a sparkling drink and is actually tastes like le- like this is a sparkling version of what americans would call lemonade mm. whereas we call lemonade. sprite lemonade yeah we or we yes. call old-fashioned lemonade yeah they call sprite what richard shall we get into some messages some correspondence from our cult elders okay so I'm going to read Cheese's message on the Discord first. This is what Cheese has to say. On Butterfly Effect, Cheese says, I had a very similar experience as AJ. Saw it young, thought it was super edgy and cool. So you also had a similar experience to Richard. Mm. Um, watched it probably people, many times. People love to just... To pretend only... like you weren't part of the anecdote. Yeah. <laughs> people always do that. It I happens know. sometimes where people are like, oh my God, that was so funny what, what AJ said. And it's like... I had nothing to do with it. I said that. Yeah. Yeah. Get better. I'm, I'm, I'm so fascinated by, like, by <laughs> when people, you mix up who told a story or, who, like, something like that, that, like, 
Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I still imagine people like not knowing which one is which of the two voices. I listen to Even podcasts. Even though there's a video. Yeah, exactly. But like the, the two in the think tank that we mm-hmm. guess the the Andy and um, Alistair who guest starred on our Scooby-Doo episode. It wasn't until we met them for that Zoom call that I realized I'd had their names wrong the other way around the entire time. And I still, in my head, default to the other way around. (laughs) (laughs) Very confused. They've got very different voices as well. Well, that's the thing. And I think it's that, like, Andy has, um, like, a a, a sillier voice. And so I (laughs) thought he would have the sillier name. (laughs) <laughs> and in my head alistair is like a crazy name and andy yeah 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 all right cheese continues uh watched it probably too many times loved his college roommate the sequels sound fascinating and awful at the same time they are he was uh <laughs> on richard's spooky sound quiz uh cheese says it was fun then said it's always fun to have jess on the pod regarding the who's this <laughs> who's, who's the this? um leprechaun cheese says never seen any sounds interesting if i was only going to see one which one would you recommend and i thought about this question a lot mm. today and i reckon i would say leprechaun 3 yeah and i know leprechaun in space is maybe a bit more tempting but the like that's like that only works i think if you've seen other leprechaun movies and you can be like it's funny that now he's in space because if you just if that was the only one you'd seen the fact you'd be like of course he's in space he's an alien yeah (laughs) yeah uh, and on the spooky season, uh, Cheese says, I love Halloween and decorate with skeletons and things. This year I got zero trick-or-treaters, which was depressing. What's your favorite candy? Um, I really like um, fruit fruot gummies of any variety I, get, I could get pretty. I really love purple fruit bursts are probably my favorite candy. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I like a little bit of tang in my, like... Yeah, oh. a, a fruit thing, but like something citrusy. Usually, I quite like. If we're going fruit bursts, my favorite is lemon lime, which is considered like the dud flavor. I don't like. No, it's objectively the, the best flavor. one, but the it's not. It, purple's the best one, but I respect what you're saying. Like quite often, like I can always get the lemon lime ones, the green ones, because they're always left over. Even though it's like I, I, I borderline don't like any other fruit bursts, but I love those ones. <laughs> Banana is so much worse than lemon lime. Yeah, you you have a, a hang up about artificial banana flavor though. Yeah, I think it's it's sin. Yeah, I was gonna get you some banana flavored syrup for and making I, milkshakes. I would have thrown it up. away. I don't really drink milk either. <laughs> yeah, I just th- like when you yeah. give someone a present. That's just the present is the burden of throwing this away yeah yeah <laughs> it's like when, when people give me um g- joke secret joke. santa gifts it's like yeah you your prize is i have to walk to the rubbish bin <laughs> like, like I, I i'm i'm totally fine with and i try to make this known without sounding like a dick each like secret santa season is that it's like i am happy with a like a girly mug that's like oh my god that's so funny richard's yeah. a boy he's drinking out of a mug made for girls this that, is insane yeah that's that's crazy it, it still holds liquid i can still drink out of it or, or you put something that has like a funny slogan on it whatever but it's like if you were just getting me something like i i got um given like a g-string once and then I, I left it at the house that they, that we did it at. And the person who got off me was so offended that I like didn't like her gift because she thought I would find it so funny. And I was like, yeah, but what do you actually expect me to do with this? <laughs> I won a um, Lynx Africa pack at a, a show that I went to last year. And I took it and I was walking. And these, this was a show put on by my friends. So they, yeah. they gave me this thing as a prize. And as I was walking home, I was like, oh, I've got a lime scooter home and I don't have anything to hold this big Lynx Africa pack. So I just <laughs> threw it away. Damn. I just threw it in a bin because I was like, I'm not going to use it. Yeah. And I'd take it, I'd take it home just as the, just for the gesture. But yeah, no, I, I, my, uh, a couple Christmases ago, my flatmate got me slippers for Secret Santa, and it was the best gift I got that year. Yeah, you know, like <laughs> yeah, yeah. Secret Santa's a funny one. Like, I, 
this is my other big thing and i'm sure i've talked about this before but it's like i i understand why people do this but psa anyone listening out there do not buy me a pop vinyl like don't don't buy buy me a t-shirt with a funny joke on it yeah when have you ever seen me wear a t-shirt like that like (laughs) plain t-shirts fantastic socks great Uh, i need some new jeans Mm. great but if you're buying me a pop vinyl you are all you're buying is storage space at the back of my wardrobe i have between half a dozen and a dozen pop vinyls sitting at the back of a wardrobe because i feel bad throwing them out Mm. but like and like I, I will say that it's like okay you get like a say like a walt and jesse and it's like okay that's like you put them together and that's like a little display or something like that but like for for a secret santa one year someone got me poe dameron and it's like okay yeah because you like star wars yeah well i think anyway <laughs> <laughs> yeah i've i've managed to dodge being given a pop vinyl for all these years it's probably more because no one wants to uh give me a gift um <laughs> but, but, yeah, but no, I, so that they want them to they want to give them to me and i and this is how i this is the thanks i give them i like i feel like i there was part of a younger version of me that absolutely yearned for something like pop vinyls yeah but they were always too expensive. And I remember thinking once, like, if there was, like, a $5, like, pop vinyl equivalent, mm. right, that was just pop culture characters represented in some fun, idiosyncratic way. Yeah. Like... I, I love And they the were little, five bucks. I'd, I'd get them every... The, I'd get a new one every day. <laughs> the you know? Lego blind bags. Oh, yeah. Those are good fun. Jason and I get those every now and then. Nice. Alrighty, well, we've got another message from um, the Bliss My Dog Effect. This is what they say about the previous few episodes. Hey, AJ and Richard, hmm, what to say? Gosh darn it, I don't know what to say. Maybe I'll ask some thought questions. Did they mean to write tough questions? No, uh, we like may never thought know. experiments. Okay. Number one, do you think that the time travel rules for the Butterfly Effect films were too complicated? I thought it was rather baffling that they opted to go a route that limited the possibilities of the concept. You've sort of covered the Treehouse of Horror time and punishment episode and that did the concept much better without an arbitrary limitation surprised it wasn't mentioned on the podcast i just don't get why the diary even needed to be a thing and it feels like a device that was written in to solve a larger story issue rather than the natural way the concept of the butterfly effect is usually portrayed rather it's this this some rando's diary and stuff that happened on that day effect which is to say it's so annoying that the film steals its own ambition from itself you know really uh i yeah. think a very valid critique of the butterfly effect in terms of the diary solving a problem i don't know if it's a problem but you definitely come up with guy can go back in time and butterfly effect his own life mm. before you figure out how he could do it like yeah, that's and you, not the you first thing you come up with i feel like i mean like i get where bliss is coming from and i don't mm. disagree person like i i don't think that bliss's opinion is wrong or the wrong for thinking that but i disagree i to me one of my favorite parts of the butterfly effect is the limitation on the time travel and i think it's a lot more fascinating like to me it's a lot more fascinating having these like nexus moments throughout your life that are these turning points and and like in something like everything everywhere all at once it's expanded to it's like every decision you ever make branches a new timeline but yeah i quite like the idea that it's like the you the diary you wrote because of the most important moments of your life you can only go back and change those sure but he then goes back and changes it by watching a home video yeah so that that tells me and if if we're to believe the sequels take place in the same logical Mm. universe um there are multiple ways of doing it. So if I was yeah. to pick on the diary at all, I would say that the, he has a lot of other options available theoretically that he doesn't yeah, yeah, yeah. utilize. Yeah, and I he think never, the, and he never the, did because he doesn't have any more blind spots. Yeah, I think the film. Is, you know, yeah, yeah, exactly, the blind spot thing. But yeah, I yeah, I think the film ends up betraying it. But if it is just the yeah, diary, yeah. I I quite like that. 
but yeah, I mean, like, like Bliss is right that it's like doing about the film stealing its own ambition. That it's like, yeah, it's just, it, I mean, it's a film with famously light internal logic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Bliss goes on. What do you think the next big movie monster archetype will be? I recently saw Five Nights at Freddy's, and while the movie itself was rather weak and not scary, I did see potential in the animatronics come to life and murder you idea. I think of this as in light of the leprechaun and the bizarre idea that someone in 1989 or so thought, "Hey, we can turn leprechauns into the big into the next monster," which is uh, quite the thought. So yeah, what creature or concept do you think will be the next true horror icon? Uh, I think these that- things. Yep. These things usually are responses to mm. to changes in the world. The you know, crack.com blew my mind when I was sixteen and I watched their after hours video about how uh whenever Republicans were in power, you got zombie movies, and whenever liberals were in power, you got vampire movies because that's how the other side see each other. Mm. The, the liberals uh-huh. see conservatives as dumb zombies, and so then you have you know, you look back at the major zombie movies, they all happen during conservative governments yeah. and conservative. Uh, yeah. I think you're the wrong way around when you said it the first time, but yeah. All right. The conservatives see um, liberals as like lustful, blood-sucking freaks. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's that's generally yeah, how it goes. Yeah, it is interesting. I think that the next big thing, and I think Five Nights at Freddy's is like, even though it kind of predates it as like an interesting entry, but I think that like AI and... Like, mm. that's going to be the next big thing. I mean, like, Mission Impossible 7 already. Or, I mean, you said the thing about Joe Biden said he's, like, yeah, yeah. now more scared of AI. But he... Yeah. But, yeah, I think that, like, any ideas with, like, AI or things taking on a life of their own is, like... I mean, it, it was big... You know, you think about stuff like Skynet in, like, mm. the late 80s, early 90s. And I think that, yeah, as the internet was coming out, that there was a few movies like that that are like what if the internet gets too smart and i think if we're looking at it like in a cyclical nature like you were saying with the zombies and um vampires i think that ai being the next big boom in technology and you know yeah like in technology will be reflected in our horror movies Mm -hmm. the other thing as well is that like I we haven't seen. I mean, I, there you, you, there's a video essay in here that I'm sure would you know refute this, but I think that you know we're seeing claims, uh, seeing how COVID would impact it, and I think it's like we probably have seen. Not that I can necessarily think off the top of my head, but like themes of isolation and things like that appearing in horror movies because it's preying on the real horror we felt for a few years. Uh, and I mean, yeah, there you go. Like some kind of illness being like, I could see illness being a big thing in the next, give it another two years. There'll mm. be a lot more like similar to how, like there were no nine 11 like movies in 2001 or two, but then they started. I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. three. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I think, think, I think like, that, like the, big, the next big thing is you'll be AI, some kind of virus or something that preys on that. And also like capitalism. AI virus? Capitalism, like a big one that like, I mean, like most sort of prominently in like Glass Onion of like the emperor has no clothes of an Elon mm. Musk type. I think mm. that there's a lot of people seeing the downfall of Twitter as a platform and <laughs> taking notes. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, climate shit, probably, as the yeah. world gets worse. Um, I would regard Five Nights at Freddy's also as sort of like uh, in the camp of like creepy pastoral internet horror. Mm. And I wonder if internet horror is, has, is on its way out. Mm. Or is it still got another boom coming? Because I think that um, the when internet horror was big, the people who were consuming it 
weren't making were too young to make movies and so as as we see more young filmmakers emerge i think we might see more creepypasta and we have it's just yet to blow up i think things like it follows and um, they follow uh, they follow the, <laughs> uh, or you know things like that. There's even been a, sh- there's been you know how many creepypastas have been adapted that by now yeah. it used to be a, a novel thing. Now I feel like it happens pretty often. Um, you can't, it's getting so, them to yeah. shut up. That's the trick. Exactly, I think that exactly. is well. Like actually, one of uh, one of I know your favorite YouTube YouTubers, Cadicarus, uh, uploaded a video yesterday about the sort of 2011 to 2014 like early to mid teens of uh, like the rise of like viral horror games yeah. and so like five nights at freddy's slender man yeah. amnesia all these sort of things and how the like there are examples of like horror games before that and since then but there's like a very specific style and like the video sort of goes into that like why why have these fallen out of fashion i can't tell you why i didn't make it through the whole video but it is it's interesting that yeah like there's i guess it's as reaction youtube was blowing up that it's those kind of horror games that make a make for good reactions and then yeah i think that it's that kind of thing that we might like you're saying see the film evolution of that era of gaming well because because horror movies have always been about like what the culture is thinking about (laughs) what the culture is thinking about what the culture has has been thinking about is the the ai revolution the new world you know the cold publisher podcast the cold publisher podcast all right we've got some voice messages here richie roo um we've got three from two people so the first one we're going to listen to is from Vinny. It's called Double Rainbow Across the Sky. Alrighty. First off, let me put you guys on blast for not recognizing Leprechaun Origin star Dylan Postel. <laughs> How could you guys forget his transformative role in Muppets Most Wanted as, let me double check, Prisoner Number 1. <laughs> so let it be known, Dylan Postel, two franchises covered, Ice-T only one franchise wow. covered. <laughs> Suck it. Anyways, uh, Leprechaun Origins is shit, but let me tell you all how this is probably one of the worst cases of Nepo babies getting a job that's ever been seen in the film industry. You see, as part of WWE storyline, Dylan Postel, aka Hornswoggle, is the Ah. illegitimate son of one Mr. Vincent Kennedy McMahon, owner of WWE. Let me explain. Mm. In late fall 2007, a storyline was proposed how Vince McMahon, owner of the company, was being sued by this anonymous woman for unpaid child support for an illegitimate child that they sired. Now, shockingly, Vince didn't really deny that he used to be around with a lot of women back in the day and how it's very much possible that he has an illegitimate child back then. Oh, scary to think about all the new allegations that have since surfaced since this incident in 2007. But let me say how this storyline was like this very big thing. It was, you know, covered a lot of minutes on a weekly television show. Instead of wrestling, we would get this storyline. I go, who's the child? Who's the child? <gasps> it's, a, it's a wrestler who works for WWE. Who is it? Who is it? And when it was real to be Hornswoggle... It was hilarious because Hornswoggle is a character of a leprechaun. He didn't even speak English at the time of it was revealed that he was Vince's son. It was this man, this little person, Dylan Postel, who played Hornswoggle, who would just run around and go, ah, 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 and that was his character. And at the time of reveal of him being the son, it was like, oh my God, we're going to have weeks of nonsense of him just speaking gibberish while Vince has to deal with this new son of his. Ultimately, it just kind of faded away as most big WWE storylines go where we just kind of never talk about it again that this was this huge revelation, this new person in the McMahon family is this leprechaun man that would mostly live under the ring and come out in the middle of a match and just cause nonsense. Worst example of Nepo Baby in the entirety of the film business. <laughs> so you're telling me that the little person wrestler who played the Leprechaun in Leprechaun Origins in WWE was a Leprechaun, but then they didn't use that in the film. <laughs> they just barely showed him on screen and he was like a little demon. 
That's so weird. That makes me even more mad. At That's like hiring um, Benedict Cumberbatch to play the Grinch, but getting him to do an American accent. That's exactly what it's like. Oh my god, <laughs> how interesting! Alrighty, we've got our next message here is from Dan from Hawaii. Let's get that playing. Yeah. Aloha also means hello. This is Dan from Hawaii calling in to the Cult Elder segment to talk about Leprechaun and the Spooky Sound Quiz. Ooh. Uh, I want to start off by saying that the Spooky Sound Quiz, or whatever the official name was, was incredible. I thought it was genius. I thought it was great. A bit of a downer to end on the politicians, but that was spooky. <laughs> you did get me. And I'm very glad that I listened without driving because some of those uh, jump scares actually got to me. I'm a very chubby <laughs> person. I, I, I don't remember how easily startled you two are. And this uh, transitions nicely. And what I want to talk about with Leprechaun is love the Leprechaun episode. Really interesting. You really speed through it. It feels very much like an old episode. <laughs> uh one thing I have to ask, which you guys don't really talk about, you more talked about, you know, like the fun of it, the camp of it, uh, the plot. But did do you think that people sincerely find any of this actually scary? Because when people talk about Leprechaun, I don't really hear people talking about how scary it is. And I watched it with a straight face, uh, slightly amused by some of the the camp. But overall, like, did people find this original movie scary at all? Like. It's a horror movie where people actually, I mean, besides kids, besides kids, did anyone get nightmares from these? I don't know. I, I just, that that's what struck me most about it. And uh, I haven't read one of these on air in a while, but I did write a haiku for Leprechaun. That's what I do for every movie I see, um, including the movie Monster, which uh, AJ mentioned on pod about the, that just hit the film festivals, the new Corrieta film. Amazing, amazing movie. Everyone should see the new Monster coming out. It's very Rashomon-esque. Anyway. I watched Leprechaun before that, and uh, here's my haiku review. They really base this off serial TV ads. Fuck you, Lucky Charms. Yeah, that's pretty much what I want to say. I'm really stunned by how much I did not like the first one. Uh, slightly relieved to hear that it's not the best one, despite what everyone else said. Uh, and I appreciate the breakdown, so I don't have to... <laughs> watch all those movies uh although speaking of having to watch all the movies the cult pop sure go, uh, popcorn bowl which i run uh is doing another watch along we did a blind watch along last time we did it for paranormal activity many of us uh, did not have a great time with it uh <laughs> and this time we're committed to the barbershop series i'll be watching <laughs> all four of those and so will a lot of the discord uh so be ready for us to have opinions on those aloha also means goodbye uh right what a funny franchise to have a watch along with yeah these like i don't know i haven't watched them yet but i've seen them before it's not it's not the most exciting content to have a watch with a few things i picked Um, up on there one the mention of the spooky sounds quiz this hasn't come up but i at the end of that i offhandedly joked that for the outro music i would cover he's back the man behind the mask by alice cooper and i i had a bit of time when i was editing the podcast and i did it and not a single person has mentioned it and when not i was a single doing person it, in the discord and that's the that's the the bite back of podcasting is like you provide hours of entertainment to people and uh they might even love it but it doesn't necessarily mean they'll say anything yeah like i was we have quite a lot of interaction with our fan base and i was yeah. so proud of that i thought it was so even like the quiz like, i put oh, so much work more into cheese that. is gonna love this you thought yeah and just like, and like not a single person mentioned it and my heart was broken i tell you and i was like like you know for one of my first like big podcasts that i was editing myself mm. yeah i i put a lot of work into it and I, I was like, oh man, people are going to be like demanding the full version. Like, oh, yeah. it's going to be so funny. I played it to Jess and she was, and we were both like crying, laughing. And I even asked about it like a week later. And everyone was just like, oh yeah, we just didn't say anything. 
this is so weird. Like we're just this. This is the the, the curse of the mid-sized pod, mid yeah. mid-sized audience podcast. I think that um, this is something that maybe becomes more obvious when you're editing them. Yeah. Because I had stuff like that every week, man. You just gotta be like, oh well. I don't think you ever put that fun. as much effort into it as that. I put so much effort into that. I think people would have mentioned it if you did it. Well, they no, they actually did mention it in real life but they thought it was me <laughs> yeah 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 um i i i i'm needier than aj you always say that and i want that on the record like you you don't want anyone to give me any appreciation at all i want it to <laughs> be like be a like, one-to-one aj it's something like aj's thing was aj's joke was real good or whatever and you you will just immediately be like what about me yeah i think that that is proof that i'm needier than you because you don't do that well, because you wouldn't like it if I did it. Yeah, I'm because I'm so it. much needier than I'm you. I'm going to start doing it. Um, no, don't. I'm too the, needy. On the question, is Leprechaun scary? I never realized till right now that I don't think I was even it even occurred to me to be scared while watching yeah. these movies. I think people... They're not scary at all. You're right, Dan. Yeah, I think people maybe get like squeamish with them and stuff. Like stuff like the belly expanding there's, with yeah, the golden, deaths, but yeah, yeah, and I I think that that kind of passes enough for a horror film to be like mm. like that if you wouldn't necessarily be okay with your young children watching it just because of the gore and stuff like that, like yeah, 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 I I don't think it's going for like any kind of real tension, but I think those creative deaths and the gore and the like, um, what's called the like joy that leprechaun is taking in these things i think that's where the the horror comes from we got one last message also from Vinny here it's called can't believe it's not butterfly effect let's get that playing in three two one hey guys so this is me doing my fucking job and telling you all about wild wild west the Steel Assassin. Yes. That's right. <laughs> Your boy did it. Well, kinda. I found out this is abandoned wear, so it was easily accessible to get, but it's very hard to make run on a very modern laptop. So I was able to almost get to the title screen before it just crashed every time. So I will supply a screenshot of the title screen and that's it. <laughs> I then watched a YouTube Let's Play on it from a man who did not speak English. But I can tell you that it is a point and click adventure wow. that is typical of the time, you know, point, investigate this, shoot this, blah, blah, blah. And I fast forwarded to the end of the game where I figured, oh, there's going to be like a point and click giant spider fight. Yeah. Wrong. It was just you investigating some guy's office. Then you eventually find the evidence. And then the guy got arrested. Cutscene of the characters from Wild Wild West. Don't know their names. Uh, they're yes. on a train and they're kind of laughing and the credits roll. So yeah, this is a nothing, no good game. It's from South Peak Games. Looking at their output, they put out a few Animaniacs titles, a Tiny Toons title, a Dukes of Hazard title, and as the Wikipedia says, quietly dissolved in July 2013. So yeah, this game is nonsense. I couldn't get it to run on a modern PC. It looks like trash. And yes, I did my job. Now let me delete this trash app off my laptop and get back to better work. <laughs> <laughs> i was I, like oh he's listening to the cult popshire podcast for a second <laughs> i um there was of course a reference to a a patreon episode that we yeah. of, of generic movie podcast we did on wild wild west and we talked on that episode about um speaking of character names the fact that it's a buddy movie but it's only named after one of the characters mm. it should be just wild west and but wild slash west and, and wild is spelt W-Y-L-D. Or I W I L D E, like Oscar Wilde. Yeah. What what are you are you a point and click kind of guy? Uh get this, my mum was a point and click kind of guy. The only video game she'd ever play would be point oh, yeah. and click. I like I love point and clicks. They've kind of gone away and you go, Oh, why did they go away? And then you like look at the history of them and they got just real boring and stupid mm. and that's basically I, why they went away i like the curse of monkey island is like one of my favorite games and when i got a pc for the first time i immediately like downloaded steam just to buy it and play through the whole thing and then 
I got on some Steam special or something like that, like uh, the Monkey Island pack and bought all of them. And I just like cannot get into any of the other ones. I started playing just the other day, um, Harlan Allison's I Have No Mouth and I Must Scream, which is a point and click based on the short story. And the short story is fantastic. And uh, you, we're talking scary. Like that's fucking scary. Uh, but yeah, I got through like, I mean, it's not very long because the game's from the very early 90s. But the... Yeah, I got through maybe, I think I got through like two-fifths of it. You play as like five different things. And then I just got to one bit that I couldn't work out. And I was like, well, bored of this. I also famously took like 13 years to finish the point-and-click game uh, Mission to McDonald Land. And then when I finished it, I realized like 13 years later, I recognized the final world you go to. And I was like, oh, I must have finished this at some point 13 years ago. <laughs> I uh, I used to be into, really into um, a lot of point and click games. My like one of my earliest memories is my my mum and brother playing the Discworld. That's Discworld two. different. Two different people, right? Yeah, um, playing Discworld two, and I remember the Road to El Dorado had a point and click oh, game. Casper, yeah. um, I think, was a point and click game. Um, there, there were these really good point-and-click games on PS1 called Broken Sword, oh, and yeah. they were, like, the peak of, like, the object you have to get. You will never guess how it's supposed to be used. Mm. It's like, how do you get the cat out of the tree? And it's like, you have to get this character drunk so that they drunkenly drive into the tree and the cat falls out. You know, it's shit like that. It's not, like, logical solutions to the puzzles. Uh, yeah, there's one where it's, like, in Curse of Mike Allen, we have to get a bit of gold. And this, you find a guy with a gold tooth and you have to like give him a jaw because you find out he loves candy or something like that. So you have to give him this jawbreak you find on the floor of a barbershop. So it makes his tooth, tooth loose. And then you have to like suck a helium balloon in front of him so that he gets jealous and wants to do it too. And <laughs> then you give him a piece of gum and it like, because if you don't give him the helium like and you try to grab the gold tooth out of the the bubblegum bubble he notices interest you have to fill it with helium so it floats out the window with the gold <laughs> yes. tooth in it and then you have to pan for gold outside to find it <laughs> <laughs> what game is this from uh curse of monkey island oh i thought you were gonna say miss- mission to mcdonald's lands there's also hey. like in there as well there's like a bit where you're trapped inside inside of a snake and you can't touch anything you can't grab anything you can only use what you've got but like the items scattered around outside the snake are like anti-snake spray like (laughs) snake shears like all these different things that would just help you out of the situation it's very it's it's such a fun game yeah well hey richard i say we adjourn this meeting of the elders thank you so much for your correspondence everyone we look forward to doing it in a month's time tune in next week for our episode on the barbershop slash beauty shop series the barbershop oh, I quartet you, i is that did you make that up yeah i mean there's four films that's so good wow we're gonna be saying that a thousand times <laughs> Um, yeah tune in for that uh and if you liked this episode then please consider following us on twitter or instagram or x uh, you can also jump in the discord tell us what you thought of this episode or you can join our patreon tell, tell get us a bunch of... what, what, why you think i'm funny but not yeah. why aj is funny i don't want to know uh, aj doesn't need yeah, to know he's too he's confident I'm so I'm not trying to come across bitter. I just do not think of myself as confident at all, and it's oh like, my god, right, AJ. I guess I guess I'll have to pretend to be confident so that Richard can get his warm fuzzies, and I'll just have to. Pretend I've been like pretending I to also- be confident on this podcast for what like seven years, and all it's and gotten me is openly not confident. <laughs> yeah, and it's gotten me so many more compliments. <laughs> I I'm owed not seven years worth of compliments, guys. Guys, can we get this done, please? Like, let's do it all in one afternoon, okay? <laughs> um, yeah, check that out. And one other thing you get on the Patreon if you sign up as well is that if you pay $5 or more, you get to give us something to talk about in the post credit scene, which is coming at you after this music ends. Thank you for listening, everybody, and we'll see you on the flippity-flop. Well, 
Welcome along, everybody, to the post-credit scene. This is a segment at the end of each episode. Review, donate five dollars or more over at Patreon.com/slash/ColdPopshire. You get to give us something to talk about, and this is the post-credit scene. Richard, who is it from, and what does it say? Today's one comes to us from Joshua Cole, who says, "Describe your perfect Sunday." Now, my perfect Sunday. <laughs> I did the joke. Um, I used to, used to hate Sundays because it was like school tomorrow. How miserable. Yeah. It's just it's just hangs over you the whole time. But then I grew up and stopped going to things any day and now I sleep in every morning. And yeah. Um, the concept of having a work life balance is out the window. Um my perfect Sunday is like pretty stress free, pretty <laughs> pretty uh, stressful. <laughs> I mean, maybe I'm hanging with my friends. Maybe I'm partaking in a little bit of that, that good, pussy. good, that good, good pussy. That's what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you, maybe we go somewhere. Maybe we do something. Yeah. That's my, uh, yeah. Story. I think like, uh, mine would have to evolve an escape room. Love oh. escape rooms. Did one last Sunday, actually. Wow. Uh, we got out with less than a Was minute it- to spare. Wasn't it was perfect. such bullshit. It was such we. It uh, was like it the perfect. only one we've ever struggled with, and it was like for ten minutes, first ten minutes, we couldn't even like work out what to do, and it was like, it was essentially there was this like nothing in the room that you could move. It was a very small, and then it opened up to other ones, and it was like there was this button, and it wasn't doing anything. And after like ten minutes, we found out oh, you just need to hold the button a l- little bit longer, and then it was I like. We, we, we had like eight minutes to go and we'd only just opened the like last room. So like a third of the room. And this was a 90 minute escape room as well. And literally we'd sort of given up and then we were like, oh, now like, let's just keep doing it. And then we were like, fuck, we surely there's only a little bit left. And then we found like the last little bit of the key, put it into the thing. And you had like 48 seconds to spare. Wow. I've only ever done two escape rooms and I've, I beat both of them. Yeah, I've never, like, I've never lost an escape room. I can still say that. I couldn't have done it alone, though. Some of those puzzles, like, I remember my friend solved one in a way that was like, Jesus Christ, that is just not how I think. Yeah, like I would, I would have never solved this, and it wasn't even particularly cryptic. It was yeah. just that's not how it was. Like there were like ropes and nubs hanging on the wall, and you had to make it spell the number six. Mm. And so, therefore, you knew that six was the answer to something else. And he he was trying to figure out what you could spell with these ropes. And I immediately dismissed it. I was like, it won't be that. That's stupid. Because I was like, why would you spell the nu- a number? Yeah. Like, you should write a number if it's a clue. <laughs> yeah. But he was right. So, there you go. Yeah. There's, yeah, an escape room. Probably go out to a nice dinner or something like that. Yeah, generally just like a pretty chill day. I I get really like I get antsy if I spend an entire day at home. Like I have to just go for a walk, even yeah. just like down to the end of the road, spin the pokey stop that's down there and come back. But it's like What's a pokey stop? The on Pokemon Go they're like little markers, little uh, landmarks. A po poke, not yeah. pokey. Pokemon. Pokemans. 